<laughs> this first Steeler fans. What's going on? This is Jeff Hartman. <laughs> Senior editor of BindingSteelCurtain.com. And right before we went on the air, Brian Davis said, I want to redeem myself with the music. And there you have it, folks. We're back. <laughs> that was redemption. Steelers. Really? <laughs> you didn't like start. A, like two seconds of music. Anyways, Brian, yeah. welcome to the show. How's it going? I tell you what. It's kind of like, I kind of feel like the that boy that's just trying to get his dad's approval and this time around the dad is like 14 years younger than me <laughs> but i'm doing great it not yeah. only are the steelers going to do battle with the cincinnati Bengals this weekend guess what's back baby at midnight on netflix cobra kai sweep oh. the lake very good that's yeah I've, I've never seen an episode dave What's going on? How's how's everything with you tonight? Uh, everything's good with me too. But uh, um, yeah, I've never seen an episode either. But apparently, Jeff's also never seen an episode of Bluey either. Even what as is dad. that? What it's is a that? great cartoon. It's Australian. It's on. It's it's on Disney. It's it's hilarious. They're shorts. It's good stuff. If you're a parent, you've probably seen it. Um, I have five right. kids, and I've never seen any of them. Yeah, I don't, know, I don't even know what you're talking about. Oh, it, don't worry, we'll we'll hook you up with that later. But that was uh, Jeff didn't understand the Bluey reference we had Actually, earlier on the on the Slack channel. But check it out, really. I mean, for a children's show, it's it doesn't make you want to jump off a bridge. Exactly, it's it's something parents can enjoy too. Um, leave it to those Australians; they can really do it good. But you know what? I'm excited. To, there's NFL football on as we were on this show. And the Pittsburgh Steelers play this week. That's what I'm excited about. All right. I got to get not, out of this. Cobra Kai. Yeah. Not I got to get out of cartoons. Let's give me some Pittsburgh Steelers. Can we talk about the Steelers, please? This is okay. Enough. <laughs> enough is enough. Brian's in pajamas. Dave's talking about kid shows. Let's get right <laughs> to it. It's a gee, right. Jefferson. A gee. It is. I'm not. I'm going to say it. I'm gonna... <laughs> it is gee. Okay. Let's start off. <laughs> all right uh Steelers Bengals week one we've been waiting for this to talk about a game that means something other than I think Dave put it well on his stat geek podcast Thursday morning that means something more than just who played well like what position groups fared well against their opponent whatever this this is when it all counts it's when the rubber meets rubber meets the road so guys I just want to get your Overall thoughts, where we sit right now, Thursday night, heading into this game. Just where's your mind right now as, as it comes to this game on September 11th? Brian, we'll start with you. Well, my mind is on 1992. So I'm turning back the clock 30 years. Turning back the clock when the Pittsburgh Steelers started a new era of football and everybody expected it to be paltry football to be a disappointment to be a rebuilding but guess what one william laird cower did not think that and the 53 men that he put on the field did not think that and then ended up being 11 and 5 team so i'm thinking that one with benjamin roethlisberger going the way of chuck knoll retiring after a legendary career well what's going to happen mitchell trubisky is not going to let this change things. He's not going to come in here and say, oh, this is rebuilding. We're going to let all of you down. No, man, he believes. And so do these other guys on this team. A guy like Miles Jack believes. 
TJ Watt is always believed. Cam Hayward is the king of believing. So I'm really excited for this whole thing. Dave, what about you? What are your thoughts going into this uh, week one game? I, I feel anything can happen. Although when it when it comes to my prediction, you will find out I have a very, very specific prediction of exactly how I've envisioned this game playing out for months. But right now I'm like, anything really could happen. With it seeing an NFL game on right now and you're looking at it, you're like, wow, these Buffalo Bills look really good. And the Steelers beat them last year in the first week. They're talking about them being all this number one defense from and, and, and points allowed and stuff last year. The Steelers beat them because the Steelers can really take down anyone. Anyone can beat any team on any given Sunday. You've just got to go out there and put it together. I can't wait to see what this team can do every single play. Yeah, you said, Brian, it reminds you of 1992. For me, it reminds me of 2021. And I think that's going to be a reference point a lot throughout the show. And I think rightfully so. Like, you know, you're on the road. You're going against you're going to a hostile environment, a team that a lot of people are saying it are not the Steelers, but their opponents are AFC favorites. Uh, and so it's going to be a challenge. It is going to be a challenge. And one of the aspects of this game that cannot be understated is the overall health of the team. And so let's talk about the injury report. What we see right now after Thursday's uh, report, what are you seeing, Dave? Do you have that with you? The, the Thursday injury report. Just right. making sure I got that right. Uh, there was two players added today. One one wasn't a big deal. No one's talking about the fact that they added Cam Hayward because it was a coach's decision. Right. You, you, you know that's he's done that last year some. It's not always Wednesday. Sometimes it's Thursday, things of that nature. There was Deontay Johnson who has been limited the last two days. Uh, apparently today it, it changed. They added an injury to him. So it might not have been the shoulder that kept him out today. He had the, an and the addition of cramps added as his as his injury. So maybe that's why he missed part of practice, and maybe it wasn't because of the shoulder. They wouldn't have had to put that there, but they did. Uh, Marcus Allen returned to practice as a full participant after being limited on Wednesday. And the big one is after New to the to the injury report, Chuksakor for missed practice with a back injury. Yeah, that's the Chooks injury is is the concern, in my opinion. You know, you talk about Deontay Johnson cramping up. If he missed part of practice, they're trying to follow the protocol. They have to put it on there. I've never heard of anyone that's cramping on Thursday miss a game on Sunday. Yeah. It's ha- maybe it's happened. I just don't know. I'm not aware of it. But ultimately, I look at this and say, okay, well, what's what's the deal with Chooks? The back it was not an issue that had been known prior to. He he was not limited at all on Wednesday. This is not good. Uh, you hope it's preventative. You hope that it was something that he might have tweaked it a little bit. And so, but he didn't practice at all, correct, Dave? DNP, yes, right? DNP. All right. So that tells me it wasn't an in game, in, in game, in, in practice injury, I should say. It didn't happen. Sometimes, you know, we'll talk about that on this show about how a player might have been a full participant and then they were limited and they left practice with an injury. Brian, thinking about the injury report, what exactly concerns you the most? You said it, man. The Chooks thing is really what concerns me more than anything because that's the line. That's protection. That's really, I mean, he seems to be more of a constant than anybody else on that line right now. A lot of people aren't excited about that and spare me the line. Well, if he's the constant, if he's the best thing, then we're in trouble. No, don't do that. 
just know that now this is your team. And now that we need to root for them, not root against them like a lot of people did in the offseason. So Chuk Sikorafor should be one of your favorite linemen right now because he needs to get it done, and you need him in there more than anything. Yeah, because let's be honest. If Chooks isn't in, who are we talking about? Jesse, Jesse Davis. Is it Jesse Davis or is it Trent Scott? Which one do they go with? Oh. I'm, I'm not... I'm not beaming with confidence either way, but not like people were really all that confident in Chuk's score for either. Friday is going to be important. It's going to yeah. be very, very important for the Pittsburgh Steelers and what they're going to do. There, there is a chance. Let's be honest. There's a chance that Chukes comes in on Friday and is a limited participant or a full participant. And he's not even on the injury report. Like that could happen. So some of the speculation is just that speculation, but mm-hmm. at the same time, it's going to be something to watch on the Bengals side of things. Dave, Really, no names of no, correct? Yeah, there was. I, I got to bring that back up here. <laughs> I forget. Yeah, I guess we it's, should talk about it's week the. One, this is the season where you don't where you don't even <laughs> care about what's going on with the other team. This is this is week one. Um, on for yesterday's injury report, what I thought was interesting was it was all tight ends. <laughs> How many tight ends they have on the rosters that I yeah like. <laughs> it was three t- Wednesday. No joke. They had one tight end didn't play. That's us. Was it Aussie Aussie? I guess I think it yeah. is Aussie Aussie. Okay, and then they had Mitchell Wilcox, who was limited, and then um, a, a Drew Sample was a full participant, who he was full again today. Wilcox was limited again. Aussie Aussie was didn't play again today, and they added um, wide receiver Trent Taylor with a hamstring, who was limited. So they, that's that's theirs. Yeah, nothing so- jumps off at me. That's what this is. What a, it's a big bummer about Chukes because the, other than the you know Dante Johnson, the Steelers were a relatively healthy team, and there's like no names of note. Now all of a sudden there's a huge name of note, so we'll keep an eye on that. All right, uh, let's talk about the biggest factor, and we all talk about like X factors and keys to victory and things like that. Brian, when you're let's let's do offense first. We'll break it on offense and defense. Brian, if you're thinking about the offensive side of the football, in your opinion, what's the biggest factor? for the Steelers to be successful in Cincinnati on Sunday. You might think I'm crazy on this, but I actually am going to go in a different direction than most people. And I'm going to say Pat Fryermuth. I think Muth is the guy that is going to keep the Cincinnati defense on their toes when they're guarding guys like Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool and, and uh, Mr. Pickens when they're trying to spy out of the backfield, Najee Harris. I think a very big X factor that could change this game that you don't really expect to do it would be the tight end, and that would be number 88. All right, good job. Dave, what about you offensively? Oh, man, I had the perfect answer to follow up. Brian giving the obvious answer, but he wanted to probably save it for us. He was trying to be polite to to the other two people on the show. So I'll go ahead and take the obvious one. Um, because the other one would have been a follow-up to it. And that is it it all it really all comes down to the offensive line. It it it's not that it completely falls on them, but it starts there. Because if you don't get production, I mean, just just adequate, not asking them to go out there and and level people, not ask them to go out there and and be you know number one ranked PFF offensive line no if you can just get some adequate play out of the offensive line enough to actually run your offense 
I've been there before trying to call plays when you don't have an offensive line that you feel like you could even run one play on your on on your play sheet because you're like nope can't do that nope can't do that nope can't do that if the if they're not getting the job done it takes what you can do and it just i mean it doesn't cut it in half it, it just it throws almost all of it into the trash so the you the, that's the obvious one dave yeah. i like brian's pat fryer follow up one a... <laughs> okay go ahead <laughs> well my mine's mitch trubisky yeah that's what i was going to say as a follow-up to the line Mitch Trubisky, for so many reasons, and none the they're all important. I mean, you think about this guy's playing for his professional life because he understands the situation that he's in. He has this starting job with the Pittsburgh Steelers, and what he does now will dictate what happens in the future. For instance, if he leaves after two years with the Steelers because he realizes Kenny Pickett's the guy, and that's who they want to go with after after this year. He wants to put out a good product so that someone actually wants him. If not, he could be relegated to backup duties for the rest of his career. That's an option. That's a possibility. He's got a lot of pressure on him. And he also has the physical pressure. Now, I do think the offensive line will give him some time. It's not going to all be consistent. But I mean, think in the preseason, even the games where the Steelers offensive line was kind of getting pushed backwards, he did have some time to actually deliver passes down the field. He delivered that beautiful ball to Deontay Johnson, which ended up that's the play that he injured his shoulder on against the Detroit Lions in week three. He is going to have to connect on some of these plays. Pat Fryermuth is going to have to be one of those guys. George Pickens is going to have to be one of those guys. I was asked on Wednesday in my mailbag segment of Let's Ride of whether I think opposing defenses are going to crowd the box and force the Steelers to beat them. Yes, <laughs> I think that's obvious. Until you prove that you can throw it deep and you can actually get the ball beyond the linebackers, why would anyone do anything different? It's going to be up to Mitch when he does have the time to deliver a good pass and to complete those chunk plays, we'll call them. Popcorn, as Mike Tomlin calls them. The, the splash plays, you know, the, the plays that happen once in a while. Fryer Muth down the middle, Pickens. If Deontay Johnson doesn't play, Claypool. I mean, the... They're going to have to be creative. Brian, is there anything you wanted to add, another offensive key or anything like that? Well, I think the running game is huge for the Pittsburgh Steelers this weekend, just passing him. I, you know, they need to be on point because this is a much better defense than the Cincinnati Bengals have boasted in the past. And, you know, Najee Harris needs to have one of those games, but it kind of falls back on Dave's answer, the offensive line as well. So, you know, I, I think all cylinders, if you want to break this down to the probably the most important, I know I threw my answer in and Dave was absolutely correct when I didn't go after the, obvi the obvious one. And we've been using that obvious one for a long time. But yeah, the, the O-line has to band together. B1, James Daniels kept on talking about, you know, we just need to get it together. We just need to have the system down pat. And I, you know, I feel like... Uh, the last two weeks, there have been no football games, but those guys have been working together, and you got to hope that that is coming together. But that running game needs to help set up that pass. Good point. Dave, any other offensive keys you want to mention? Well, it's I'm, I'm going to go back to the offensive line, kind of like, like what Brian was saying. I think, I think this offensive line will gel eventually. The question is, at what point are they going to be on Sunday? I don't expect them to be this great 
unit that all of a sudden goes out there and and looks night and day than what they did, especially in the second two games of the preseason. I think they can get there, possibly, but it's all about what their starting point's going to be. I don't know how far they're going to be by Sunday. But with that, then then if the offensive line is getting it done, then you can't afford for other things to not get it done. That's why it does come back to Mitch Trubisky. If if Mitch Trubisky can't do anything because the offensive line has given him no time at all, then then you're just like, oh man, poor Mitch. If they are giving him the time and he's not getting it done, that's a whole different story. Yeah. Same with Najee Harris running the ball. Same with with every with everything in the passing game. You know, if the offensive line can can do their part, then the other everything else with the offense has to take advantage of that. So here's my here's one of my predictions for the game. If the Bengals come out and they are showing a one-on-one coverage look with George Pickens on the outside, I would bet probably, well, at least my car, maybe not my house. I bet <laughs> my car that they're going to throw it to George. They're going to want to get George Pickens going early. Get him the football. He's a rookie, his first NFL game. If he's playing a ton, get him the ball early and often. Get him acclimated. Dave, what do you want to say? No, I was going to say, anyone who wants to take that bet, just make sure you realize from Jeff, you're getting a Prius. Yes. So you, have to, you have to define the terms yeah, hey, of that car. before someone's like, yeah, that's not worth taking. I drive it 45 <laughs> minutes one way. That car saves me a ton of money. <laughs> Brian, go ahead. One, a car is a car this yes. time of life right now. I mean, <laughs> if you want to go to the, the dealership and find one, that's, that's an adventure. But let me say this. George Pickens is one guy that I am starting in fantasy leagues because it seems like they're going to do everything to, to get him in. I know darn well, you guys, we're going to have our, our uh, league this weekend. Everybody's going to take George Pickens. I almost, I'm afraid to take George Pickens because everybody else is going to have them. They're going to cancel each other out because he's going to be cheap in a, a weekly FanDuel league. And it's, and he's probably going to, they're going to try to establish him. And I, I kind of think he's a safe bet. I know this isn't a fantasy show. I'm just saying I could see George Pickens having two touchdowns in this game. Oh, two, two touchdowns. Yeah. Oh, I hope you're right. Dave, go ahead. No, I, I just hope the Steelers scored two touchdowns <laughs> on offense. Cause remember they didn't, thoughts. No, cause they, thoughts. <laughs> they didn't do that last year against Buffalo. Right. They only had, cause one was on special teams. I don't know. Yes. Um, in my, in, I'm only in one traditional fantasy league and it's with my family and it's an auto draft. So we don't even get to draft our players, but both chase Claypool and George Pickens were not drafted. So I put in a waiver claim right away and got him. And who did I put in for? I put it for Pickens over Claypool. Claypool's actually still available in our league. My, Oh, Kyle might've heard that now and went and picked him up. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm excited about, about that one. And, as Brian said, you think everyone's going to play him? Then you almost have to because if he's going to score all these touchdowns, you can't be the one guy that didn't play him. So, hey, a little, a little teaser here on my Friday Let's Ride, Jeremy Betts, Jerome, as I call him, and then all bets are off segment. I asked him which player does he like. He said, if Deontay Johnson's healthy, he loves Chase Claypool in a daily fantasy league this week one because he's going to be dirt cheap and he thinks he could see a lot of targets. So, hey. That's just Jerome. You take that for what it's worth. But so there we go. All right, let's go to defense. Let's talk about the Steelers defense. Same question, keys, things to watch that could be impactful in week one. Brian, go ahead. Man, those inside linebackers are 
going to have a spotlight on them. They're going to have a microscope on them. And I got to tell you, stopping the run and Joe Mixon is not an easy thing to do. It starts there. Of course you need a pass rush. Of course you need a pass rush to help the defensive backfield. But I think the middle of that field is where this game could be lost real easily. So take a look at Miles Jack, Robbie Spillane, and don't forget about Devin Bush. And like I said at the beginning of the show, Devin Bush is your friend now. He's on this team. You root for him. You don't root for him to be bad because you think he you think he's bad and you want to say, hey, I was right. No, you need that inside linebacking crew to be good. And my gosh, they are they are huge this week. Dave, what about you with the defense? All right. So Brian went inside linebacker. I'll I'll go with that. Let's see what the next one. I'm going to say something something that that i am really you know want to see step up concerned about whatever someone who didn't play a single snap in the preseason and that is what is alex highsmith going to do across from tj watts because we haven't seen him yet he hasn't been on the injury report which is great news but not just alex highsmith how many snaps are they going to give him are they comfortable with the other two guys because everyone else they have at the position just joined the team within the last two weeks so how everything else the outside linebacker position is going outside of TJ Watt is really what I think is kind of a kind of a wild card, um, but I think could be in a great way. So when I think about the Bengals, and I I have to do, and I'll I'll tease this article on Friday morning. I think it's at eight fifteen a.m. I have to do five questions with the opposing team's website so in this case it's behind the steel curtain and cincy jungle and i asked them you, know, you think about all the weapons that the bengals have mixon can catch the ball of the backfield but you have higgins chase boyd i mean it's it's incredible some of the weapons that they have to me that points of it's, it's you know brian said puts a spotlight on the inside linebackers to me it's it's the secondary we don't know how the Steelers are going to mix and match their secondary against the Bengals offense. We don't know how they're going to deploy them in general. For instance, if you follow the depth chart, which I really don't, you know, Levi Wallace, is he not going to play that much? Arthur Millett is your nickelback. You know, how are you going to use Cam Sutton? Is he just going to stay on the outside? Akello uh, Witherspoon. I just want to see what they do, how they utilize these players. I find it very fascinating, especially with Terrell Austin and his, emphasis and specialty being the secondary. I'm very curious about that. Brian, any other defensive things or aspects you want to bring up? Yeah. You know, you just mentioned the, uh, the defensive backs and that's a good, that's a good pick there because of a quote that really scared the living bejeebers out of me. I have no more bejeebers because of a J and a B that you can't spell bejeebers without J and B. And it's Joe Burrow saying, if you're going to single cover us, good luck with that. So that kind of scares me because, you know, they are not going, they're going to sling the pig. They're going to be, this is going to be a, uh, not a ball control offense. They're going to just, they're going to be looking to put up 45. And so these guys have to be on point. Well, the question is going to be, can the Steelers get pressure by only sending four and not having to blitz repeatedly? You know, I mean, you, I, I look back and I have these stats from last season. In the first meeting between the Bengals and the Steelers, this was at Heinz Field, which was actually Heinz Field at the time. 
they rushed 24 times for 96 yards. Cincinnati did. In Cincinnati, second game, 38 times. They ran the ball 38 times for 198 yards. So you mentioned stopping the run. You got to make them one-dimensional, and then you got to be able to put pressure on Burrow. And, and I know that T.J. Watt, Alex Highsmith, both, talk, both talked about it this week, how he is Joe Burrow that is very athletic, more athletic than he gets credit for. He can definitely extend the play, can use his legs. It's going to be a tough test. Dave, what do you think? Yes, I agree. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. No, I, mean, I don't. I don't really have anything else to add to that. That yeah. was uh, well done. Well, it's a good segue into over under. Y'all ready for some over and under? Yeah. This week one over under. No more of this. Well, how long is Trubisky going to play? Uh, we know that Trubisky's playing unless he gets hurt or he sucks really bad. So, all right, let's do overall rushing yards. This is any. Player rushing yards total like, for the Pittsburgh like te- team yards. Team yards. Rushing. Gotcha. Over under set at 75. 75. Brian. This is for the rushers. This is anyone running the football. It could be a quarterback, receiver, a running back, tight end, H back, fullback, you name it. Go. I'm just gonna be specific. Najee Harris, 75 plus. Yeah, let's take the over. All right. I like it. Dave, what do you think? Ooh, last year, they last year, 45 and, and 51. 51. That's exactly what I looked at to kind of give me a, a number. I went, I went with 75. I hope I'm low, but they weren't really in those games. Were they? I mean, more, a little the bit more in the one, first one. They were a little bit more. You in were mad. Remember one, that was the halftime. Oh the, yeah. Oh yeah. I was at your house. I remember now <laughs> I was so half, furious. Yeah. Because they called a timeout way yes. too early. And it's at the end of the first half, the I'm like, they're going to score and give the Bengals enough time to score. Because they called a timeout. You don't call a timeout with more than 45 seconds left. You don't do it. And that's exactly um, what happened. Anyways, I didn't and that's what they that. did. And the Bengals yeah. got the ball back and scored and then got the ball to start the second half, didn't they? I'm pretty yes. sure they did. That was yep. the problem. So, yeah. But they were in that's- that game up until that point. Yeah, the the second half is when it kind of fell yes. apart there. Yeah, so um, but the set but the second game they weren't really in that one much at all. So seventy five. That's what I said. It's got a you know what? Let's go over, just because I I if they're going to be in this game, they need it to be over. I'm going to go over for one main reason, and that is that Mitch Trubisky can run, and if if things break down and he gets out of the pocket those 10-yard gains, 7-yard gains, or maybe it's a big play. It's a 20-yard gain. Boy, will that help that number creep up. And so Najee Harris, it's it's not all him like it was last year when you know Roethlisberger is never going to rush for more than 10 yards, uh, whatever. So I'm going to go with the over on rushing yards. Now let's go passing yards. I have it set at 255. Brian, over, under. Hmm. Here's the thing. This all depends to, I feel like I'm Dave here. This, this, this all depends on, are they getting killed in this game? Because if they're getting killed, this ties into your prediction a little yeah, bit. Yeah. And I actually don't expect them to get killed in this game. In fact, I'm expecting a, a battle. So I'm going to go under because I'm thinking a great line. We always talked about the great Ben Roethlisberger lines. And what was a great Ben Roethlisberger line all the time, which would mean a win? It was somewhere around 240, 245. So I'm going to go the under and hope that uh, 
that I'm right about the first one was 75 plus for Najee Harris. And that means that you don't have to be putting up 500 yards. Cause if you're throwing 55 times, you're going to lose. Okay. Dave two fifty five over under. What do you think? Two fifty five. I think that's, that's, I, you looked at last year's games, didn't you? Uh, yeah, I were, might have taken a peek. <laughs> they were 250 in the second game and 297 in the first one. Uh, you know what? That's a that, great job with that line, by the way. Know, That's a wow. really good one. Thank you. Um, Brian's going to say barely under. Is that what you said, Brian? Yeah. I'll say barely over just to be different. Okay. I, I, think, I think 250, 260 is right there in that sweet spot. So 255 is right there. I'm going to go with under slightly. I'm going to go 250. When I thought to myself, what would the stat line be if the Steelers win this game? It's 250 yards by Mitch Trubisky, very efficient. So I'm going to go with the under. All right, I went a little creative here on the next one because I'm curious as to what you all think the Steelers are going to use, how they're going to use this player. Jalen Warren touches. Okay, this could be a reception. This could be a rush. Doesn't matter. Touching the football, I have it at five. So this again comes down to how you feel. Are are the Steelers even going to use this guy? That's the question, Brian. Over under five touches. I got to go under because I don't think they're going to use him a whole heck of a lot. So okay, that's that's hmm, that's tough. But yeah, under. Dave. Yeah, that's. I was really tempted to just say four, which would then be under. But if I really want to go with it. Um, am, am I saying salt and pepper? Or am I going matchbox 20? <laughs> which, 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 which I, I'm a matchbox with. 20 guy, so okay. that, yeah, it's quintessential nineties so, music. So, so we'll, we'll, we'll push you around. All right. So that, that's good. We'll go that one. I will. Yes, I will. <laughs> uh, Jalen Warren touches at five. I'm actually going to go under, I think they're going to yeah. use him, but I just don't think they're going to get him the ball yeah. that many times. So I think he will be out there and maybe he, Gets a couple carries, maybe a reception, but I don't think he's going to get that mail go under. Does he All get right. double-digit plays? Double-digit plays? I don't think he does. Yeah, so that's the question. Does no. he get? Does he get more than nine? Yeah, I don't. I don't touches just plays on the field. Right, right. Yeah, I don't think not counting special teams. Not counting special teams. I mean, on yeah, I don't think he does. Yeah. I don't think he does. Which makes All it right. really tough to get five. That's why four right. was the number I had in mind. Let's go to the one I'm very curious about: defensive sacks. This is the Steelers sacking Mister Burrow. Have a line at three and a half. Brian over under. That's a bad offensive line. And I'm taking this from Frank from the unofficial Bengals podcast who was on Know Your Enemy last night. And that's their biggest concern. And their big concern is the pass rush. Their big concern is TJ Watt. I just think Joe Burrow, man, I'm giving him a lot of props as the quarterback that I think in his third season that I think there's ice water starting to run through this guy's veins. And I can see him getting out of a lot of trouble. I can see the Steelers getting three. So I've got to go under. Three's not a bad day at the office. Wow. Dave, what about you? you? You said what number? Three one? and a half. Three and, three and, a, half and a half. Yeah. I am going to go with four. I'm going to go over just because, frankly, I want to see it. Um, you know how many they had last year combined in the two Not games? Many. Not many. Two. The first matchup was when the streak broke. And correct me if I'm wrong. Did TJ Watt 
he left the first game with injury, and then wasn't he playing hurt in the second game? He didn't know. T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith did not play in the first game against the Bengals. Yeah. That was – that was – um, wasn't because it was Jameer Jones and Derek Tuska and Melvin Ingram in that game, right? right? Yeah, yeah. No, bueno. so that's why you that's why the, the 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 sack streak was broken. So you have four. I'm going to go with four. I'm going to go ambitious. I'm going to go with four, and I'm going to say my buddy Larry gets one of those oh, going against his go. former <laughs> team. You know, this week everyone's talking about revenge games, Baker Mayfield. You know, all these all these storylines and narratives that are being drummed up. No one's talking about Larry against his former team in Cincinnati. So I'm going to say four, and I'm going to take the over, and that's going to be very important for the Steelers. All right, now the one that I really don't want to talk about, but I have to put that line out there as well, and that's sacks surrendered. You might think oh, this yeah. line is low. But I felt like the pressures are different. The the sacks actually getting the quarterback to the ground. I have it at three and a half, same number as the defensive side. Three and a half sacks are under. Brian over under. I'm going the same route I did for the Steelers. I'm saying three. So okay. under. All right. Dave, what about you? Um, they got sacked more that much last year. Um, but granted, you didn't have a quarterback that could get away. That's the difference is how much can Trubisky, you know, shed the defenders. Right. Uh, I'm I'm just I'm going to go even too. So I'm going to say four. So I'll say over. I'm going to say under and I'll say three as well. I think that's what Brian said. So I'm going to go under. And yeah, Trubisky's mobility is going to help. We'll put it that way. Last one. Najee Jerome Harris. Total yards. Ninety five. So it's total yards, rushing and receiving, 95. Brian, over, under. I have to go over because if I'm saying that he is going to have over 75 yards the, on the ground, I'm thinking he's good for at least 40, 45. So that's that's a pretty nice day at the office, and that's, that's what we expect out of Najee in year number two. All right, Dave? I'm going to go over as well. I don't. No, though, I'm not 100% sure that he's going to have more rushing yards than receiving yards. I could see him yeah. um, on one of those on one of those plays where, where Mitch is scrambling, dumping it off to Najee. He makes someone miss and he, you know, busts out a, a, a 30 some yard pass play um, and has multiple. I can't even remember which team it was against last year where he had like 10 catches or something like that. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I could see it going in a game like that as well. I'm going to go with over as well. I think he's going to be north of 100, but it's not going to be by much. Not going to be by much. I'll say 105 is the number I had in mind for him total yards. All right, let's do some predictions, shall we? Dave, you have an up-to-date line and over-under? I do. I have it right here live from DraftKings. And this line has not changed since the schedule came out in May. I, that's what I was wondering. I, I'm pretty sure it was the same. It has not. I mean, I have unless... I don't know. I didn't stare at that line every second of every day between when the schedule came out and now, but every time I've checked it, it's been at six and a half. So it's still at six and a half and the over under is 44. All right, Brian, what is your score prediction? Let us know how you, how it's going to all unfold. All right. I'm trying to do math in my head right now. And I'm, I'm thinking that this is a 31 to 30 ball game. I think it's going to come down wow. to that. One team's going to have more field goals than the other. 
And who could that be? I think this game could go either way. I think there's a hangover effect for the Cincinnati Bengals. And there's a homer factor. And I'm definitely one of those. Man, I want to say, go with my brain and say that Cincinnati should win this because they're favored. But I'm partying like it's 1992. I believe and I've got to say 31 to 30 Pittsburgh Steelers go in with the upset. I always laugh at Brian's scores and they always come to fruition like these weird numbers. So I'm not going to say a thing. 31 30 is not weird. That's, that's to normal. me. That's kind of, it's weird. not typical. Like that, though, no, it's that's yeah. not a typical score in my opinion, but that's just me. Dave, what about you? What's your prediction? Okay. This is going to take a while. Cause I've had this, <laughs> I've, I've run this scenario. Well, however many million times, what was it? The Dr. Strange in, in, in infinity wars. How many times do you run it through? And this was the most common one. Now I, I, I can't wait till this is wrong, but for some reason, this is the one that sticks out in my head. I'm telling you what's happening from halftime on. Remember last year, the Steelers didn't even score in the first half against Buffalo and they ended up winning the game. But what's going to happen is they're going to come out of halftime. The Steelers are going to be down 14 to six. Okay, and Cincinnati is going to have the ball. But you know what the Steelers are going to do? They're going to stop them. They're going to stop them. And then they're going to get the ball, and they're going to march down the field, and they're going to do what they hadn't, they weren't able to do in the first half, and that is they're going to put it in a touchdown zone. They're going to kick the extra point. They're going to be down 14-13. Then they're going to trade field goals to make it to make it 17 to 16. The Bengals will have the ball. The Steelers will they'll they'll be on the Steelers will have to use their timeouts everything and try and try to keep them out of the end zone to keep it the uh, you know closer because it's because it's a one it's a one point game and they'll keep them out make them settle for the field goal Steelers will be down four and they're going to have less than three minutes left in the game maybe even less than two they're going to drive the field they're going to get just in the red zone and a sack is going to push them back. And they're going to end up going for it on a fourth and long with the clock running because they got no timeouts and it falls incomplete and they and they fall in defeat 20 to 16. And what's everyone going to talk about after the game? Oh, if they would have just been within a field goal, they could have tied it. Oh, why didn't they go for two in the middle of the third quarter? Which you don't do. And those kind of things and how they had to settle for field goals. And that's just the way I, I saw it playing out for months now. Uh, We'll see what happens. That's just the scenario that's been in my head. So I have 20 to 16 Bengals. I have that the Steelers cover. I have it in a more of a low scoring game because I still think that the Steelers defense is what's going to keep them in games. And I just think that the offensive line will play better than maybe what people expect after the last two preseason games, but it's still going to be a big concern coming out of week one. Yeah, that's fair, fair <laughs> prediction. I don't know what else to say. Um, okay, so for me, everyone's probably waiting with bated breath as to who I'm going to pick. I wonder. Um, <laughs> if you listen to my season predictions, I mean, 17 and 0 speaks for itself. Mm-hmm. Nonetheless, I do think the Steelers, six and a half, first and foremost, yeah. give me the Steelers getting points no matter what. Like six and a half to me, that's, that's almost borderline disrespectful. I know that there's some turnover on the team, but that's almost disrespectful. Uh, I'm, I would take the Steelers getting points no matter what. I'd also take the Steelers on the money line. I feel like if I'm going to go the Dave route, it's going to go one of two ways. And the way I see it in my head is the Steelers win 23 to 21 and the Bengals have the ball around midfield at the end and there's a Hail Mary and we're all going to have our <laughs> hearts beating out of our chests as the ball hangs in the uh, air 
almost a la 1995 AFC championship game against the Colts at three river stadium. And you're just like, is the ball ever going to come? I hope it doesn't come to that, but still 23 to 21 in which by the way, the over under is what? 44, 44. I've seen 44 and a half on some places. I know so that you're, are, you're a push. I'm right at, I'm a push. I'm a push on the over under, but I have the Steelers winning 23, 21. Take the Steelers getting the points no matter what. That's my prediction. But so Brian has them winning. I have a winning. Dave has them losing starting on one. I think we all don't have any clue what's going to happen. So it should be interesting. It should be interesting how this plays out. All right. You both have trivia or just one? No, I have trivia and I think it's blockbuster boys. All right, Brian. Go um, ahead. So in other words, it's 1980s. No, but you said blockbuster. Yes, hey Captain Marvel, that was in the 90s. Oh, oh yeah, that was Captain Marvel. Uh, you, you haven't seen uh, Blockbuster was featured in Captain Marvel. So I don't know that. Okay. Well, you do now. Yes. There you go. Let's get to the trivia. All right, let's do it. So the Cincinnati Bengals have some players with Pittsburgh ties. Of course, you know about two guys, Tigray Scales and Mike Hilton, who were not drafted by Pittsburgh. There was one player, there's one player that is prominent on this football team that was drafted by Pittsburgh. Who is it? This is it Hayden Hurst, the Pittsburgh Pirates? Ah, oh, damn it, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, did you know that? <laughs> what he was drafted, but it's baseball. No, I would not know. Uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> so I win. You will love this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jeff. Hey! Hey! Jeff question. You will love this, though. One of the reasons that he left baseball to go back into football because he had a case of the yips. He's a pitcher. Couldn't couldn't throw a strike. Yep. So he had the yips. And if you're a fan of the great show Ted Lasso, you're not allowed to say that you're not allowed to say the word the yips. Well, that's kind of like saying shank in golf. You just you can't say that word. Yep. It's the S word. Did, <laughs> did you just did you just do what I thought you did? Did you say S for that ball? <laughs> <laughs> S word. Love All right. It. So Hayden Hurst, yeah, he was drafted yeah. by the Pittsburgh Pirates and he was in the minor league system and then he quit because he he couldn't and didn't he go to South Carolina for football yes. and he was drafted by the Ravens. Yes, so he was a 17th rounder of the Pittsburgh Pirates, and I think it was 2004, but I'm not for certain. All right. I can't believe I got that one. There you go. Dave, your trivia. All go right. for it. Can Jeff go two for two? That's the question. <laughs> this would be a good one, okay? Here, here not, you go. That means it's, the odds are not in my favor. <laughs> the, the Pittsburgh Steelers are opening the season against the Cincinnati Bengals for the first time in franchise history, they have never opened against the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, they did open against the Cincinnati Reds back in the 40s, but never against the Cincinnati Bengals. If you have all the AFC teams, the current AFC teams on a list, and you can cross out the Cincinnati Bengals, there is only one team other than, of course, the Pittsburgh Steelers, because you can't open against yourselves. Um, that they have never opened the season against. Who is the only AFC team they have not opened the season with? So this is just in their history. In not, their history. Not 70 on or anything. This is in their history. And now when there might be, like, for example, I, I say the current teams, but like 
No, they've never opened against the Las Vegas Raiders, but I don't care if it's the Las Vegas. It could be the L.A. or so even though Seattle yeah. didn't Seattle used to be in the AFC. Now they're in the NFC. Yeah, like yeah, doesn't doesn't matter any of that. Just any of these franchises. And they have opened against Seattle in 1986, losing 30 to nothing. Oh, oh that's a fun one. And um, by, by the way, I'm going to I'm going to my follow up question. <laughs> I'm going to bow out of this because this was my trivia question on a on a preview back in April when the schedule came out. You're recycling really? my stuff, Dave. Oh, oh I went through, but this is only the first part. So plagiarism. Well, then go ahead and say it, Brian. Save save us the time. I'm not going to get it. The New York Jets. It's the New York Jets. They've All never right. opened against the New York Jets. They've opened against every other AFC team. When it comes to overall, did you know all of it, Brian? When you look at the entire NFL, there are four NFC teams they have never opened against. Can you name those four? I believe I could come close to this. So, or Jeff, of course, you know, Jeff can yeah, answer. I'm just yeah. a spectator. <laughs> so, if you're looking at it, they've never opened against the Carolina Panthers. They have never opened against the Carolina Panthers. That is correct. They have, if you look at, I know it, I believe the Minnesota Vikings, unless they've done it in the 60s. They have never opened against the Minnesota Vikings. Okay. That's two. I know they've opened against San Francisco. They've opened against the. Hmm. I'm going to say the Saints, maybe. The Saints is team number three. (sighs) They've definitely opened against the Cowboys three times in my knowledge. No, four times. I could name four times that I know that they've they've uh, went up against the Cowboys. I know they've. You know, it's tough to throw out like the the Eagles and the and the uh, Washingtons and uh, and the Giants because of the the good old days. Um, I know they've opened against the Falcons. How about the Buccaneers? And that would be team number four. Wow, good job! That would be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, some people might think that they did not open against the Arizona Cardinals but they actually opened against the Chicago Cardinals in 40, 46, and 55. And that is considered the same franchise. They hold the same records. Um, which team is they, Which team have they opened up in fran- all the way back to 33, even when they were the Pirates? What franchise has they, have they opened up against the most times? Cleveland. That's Jeff, you are say. correct. <laughs> Cleveland Browns with eight times. Yep. There is an NFC team that they've opened up against seven times. And the hint for this one is this is also the team that they played their first ever game against. I'm going to go ahead and uh, I might be wrong on this, but for some reason, the Detroit Lions. That's are what I was thinking. Honolulu. It is not the Detroit Lions. I've answered too many correct tonight. I'm just going to bow out and say thank you. <laughs> Don't forget to tip your waiters. Yeah, Philadelphia. Try, try the veal. They The first year they opened against Philadelphia was in 1935. Not in 1933 in Philly. They Let's see how many times have they opened up against Philly. I can give me just one second to find it. Hope oh, I scrolled too far. Philly, they have opened up against them five times. There's a team that they've opened up against seven times. And what's crazy is six of those seven were at home. The only one that wasn't at home was their most recent time opening up against this team. 
Can you give me the can you give me the era the, the most recent time they opened with this team? Um the decade at least. The 2020s. <laughs> I just gave you the answer. Oh, oh, I, I was going to go with the Giants. <laughs> it's the Giants. <laughs> and that's the only game that was on the road. The other the other six were at home. I think I might have said 706. But they lost the first game to the Giants 23-2. to two. That's correct. The first points ever scored by the Pittsburgh franchise, they were the Pirates, was a safety where they blocked a punt out of the back of the end zone by the punter, who was also the pl- the player that scored the first points against them because he was a defender and he returned an interception for a touchdown. Who was also on city council. And- yeah, he probably <laughs> was because 1933. They had to- <laughs> he was also the team lawyer at the time. Brian says the good old days. And he was the used car salesman that sold them the team bus. <laughs> the good old days like the 30s. I just imagine, you know, they had the reels and stuff. And, and there goes the Pittsburgh Pirates right now. I'm there against the New York football giant. Like that type of announcer. Looking down. Dapper, you see. <laughs> Look at all My 20 gosh, people. I can't even do a 30s yeah. voice. All 20 people in attendance here. It is a raucous crowd. All right. Um, <laughs> okay, good stuff. Uh, let's do some final thoughts before week one. Brian, go ahead. You're up. Well, I tell you what. They are excited in Cincinnati. They are excited because not very often do they go down this road of being defending AFC champions. They've done it three times. But the problem is, and this is something that's been said to me a long time, by uh, I've had friends say when you're walking in a bar back in the good old days, say, act like you own the place. But my dad always said something to me. Act like you've been there before. The Cincinnati Bengal fans have a hard time acting like they've ever been there before because it's so few and far between. The Pittsburgh Steelers are underdogs in this game, and Jeff said that it was actually almost insulting to have that line. Six and a half, is that correct, Jeff? Yep. It is insulting. So the Steelers, we've seen this movie before. We've this we've seen the Steelers being disregarded. We're actually seeing them in some instances as a fourth place team. I have brought up 1992 ever since Ben Roethlisberger retired because this is transition. And the Pittsburgh Steelers, you've heard this record from me before by saying that, I mean, it's a broken record because the Pittsburgh Steelers, when you doubt them, they're the most dangerous. They love that ship on their shoulder. Ben Roethlisberger isn't here, but that doesn't matter. That ship remains. That's in somebody else's locker right now. It's in Mitch Trubisky's locker. And Mitch Trubisky's the guy that nobody believes in. Except for, looks like the Pittsburgh Steelers. They believe in him because they made him the number one quarterback to start their season. So when it's us against the world, bet on us. U.S., U.S. Steel, us, the Pittsburgh Steelers, bet on them. Very good. Dave, final thoughts. Yeah, when you, you say that that line, what, what exactly did you say, Jeff? Brian brought it up that it's it's insulting. insulting Is that the right yeah, word you say? I said. Well, but you also have to remember last year the Steelers lost to the Bengals by 14 points, and that was the close game. 
you know, they, they, this team got smacked by this team last year and they got smacked by them the last time they played them in 2020 when they were awful. And the Steelers had finally lost one game before they, they faced them. That's just how it's gone. But that doesn't mean that that's how it's going to go Sunday. I am so excited to see this coming. The, the, the biggest thing with this game, what it all comes down to, and I threw that score out there, and it, it's crazy because the one thing that I think is going to determine this game as much as anything, Coach Tomlin defined it on Tuesday, it's going to be the turnover and the, the turnovers and the turnover margin. I mean, if you look at the Steelers last year, they if they had if they had a negative turnover margin, they did not win the game. The only, I mean, up until, oh my goodness, the, like for a very, very, very long time, they, there was even times where they had a positive turnover margin and they didn't win, but they weren't winning games when they had a negative one. It just wasn't happening. Last year in week one, they took care of the football and didn't have a turnover. And that's probably the biggest reason why they won that, that game to start the season last year. They're going to need a repeat of that. Ultimately, it comes down. I'm so excited, so excited, so excited. But during this game, I'm either going to be pleasantly surprised where my excitement continues to grow, or I'm going to be have something that's disappointing. Oh man, I really expected this offensive line to play better and they're not. Oh man, I really expected the Steelers to stop the run and they're not, or something like that. Or we're going to be pleasantly surprised. Those things that we're so concerned about through the preseason and based on last year, it doesn't mean that they're going to be the same problems that they have this year. I'm, I don't know how I'm going to be after this game. I just am really enjoying the excitement, excitement leading up to it. There's so much that could happen so much that can be, if they can just, Find a way to take care of the football. I think good things will happen for him. So my final thoughts stem from uh, Chris Adamski of the Pittsburgh Tribune Review shared a short video of Minka Fitzpatrick on Thursday after practice, and he kind of let something slip. And it, it, I'm glad I heard it. And it was basically saying, we remember what the Bengals said last year. In other words, they gave up. Remember Tyler Boyd so famously said they they quit or they gave up or something uh, in that regard. They didn't forget that. Now you think about the team that the Steelers had, the defense especially. You had Joe Schobert and the bang and Devin Bush coming off injury in the inside. No Stefan to it with no one really to replace him. Uh, it, it was not what the Steelers have this year. I'll put it that way. With Miles Jack in there now, you throw Larry in there. Um, it, it just has a different feel to it. I think this defense is going to be really fired up for this game. And I like that. Give me mad Minka all the time. I think that's going to motivate these guys. Mike Tomlin knows how to push every single button the right way. Uh, and so it's going to be interesting. And I think that the payback is, is maybe on its way and it's, it's due to happen sooner or later. It's funny. The Steelers have won 11 in a row before losing three in a row. But, uh, last thing I'm going to say wore this shirt today for those who can see it on scene. It's a, it's a Shea leaf shirt. Every time this team goes back to Cincinnati in my mind always goes back to 2017 mm -hmm. on Monday night football. I think we all will, will always remember where we were at that time. My kids were at, din at the dinner table tonight. We're asking about him and what happened. And, you know, we were, we were talking about the injury and stuff. So I uh, always want to keep him in my thoughts because he still is a part of this organization in some way, shape or form. So, 
uh, will always continue to Shay leave whenever we go back to Cincinnati for sure. So, all right, Dave, why don't you send us out? Hey. We will see you next week. Hey.